Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Narrative. Today I'm joined with my friend Tibby. Hi. <laughs> um, Tibby is an incredible artist and designer. Would that yeah, be right? Definitely, I think so. <laughs> She's <laughs> responsible for the clothing brand Stomach of My Dead Soulmate, which you may know from pretty much every social media platform. Yeah. And yeah, I guess my first question I wanted to ask you was, you're such an online person. We met online. What were your first online memories? Um, I think they were probably like my older sisters playing video games. And also like we had like a family computer. Like I feel like that was the vibe. Um, and... I remember like my sisters had like individual folders on our computer um, of stuff they wanted to post on MySpace. So I used to go through those, which is really funny. And then also like YouTube, like kind of like watching Michael Jackson videos on YouTube, I feel like was very formative back then. Cause like that was like the beginning of all of that like stuff. Do you have any good old usernames you remember? Not really, I feel like I like I used to just like do numbers and stuff like that because I've always been really paranoid. So <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I just like I think that up until then, I would say like up until like the current one, which is like not even like very thought out of like I'm st I feel like I'm I wish I was one of those people that had like uh like really good usernames. I don't even think I have one right now. Yeah, I th yours is so good because it's so evocative. Yeah. <laughs> it comes from Saw, right? Yeah, I was like, my roommate at the time was in this um, film class and he had to watch all these movies and one of them was Saw. And so we were watching Saw and that line came up and it's, it's in the first it's in the first saw movie it's in the bear trap um and he says look around amanda no i'm not lying the key is in the stomach of your dead soulmate and when i heard that like back then me and my roommate i think were really obsessed with like one-liners like that so we both were like immediately and my account was just my finsta so i just like changed it to that and then little did I know what would follow yeah when did you because I was trying to figure out when you started your brand and I feel like I know it really popped off in 2020 but mm -hmm. did you start it during lockdown or was it something that you started before the pandemic I had started making clothes before the pandemic but I because I feel like that's the thing is like I don't know when to distinguish like when it became a brand and like when it didn't because my even my brand name is like just kind of fell in my lap and I feel like that's kind of been this whole process is everything is kind of just falling into place but I would I would say like I didn't start selling clothes until 2020 but that's because I was like I was working a job and like I didn't really have like the time or like the care to really like sell stuff and then um I was like oh I get like two weeks and then you know the whole thing yeah I think it almost caused this the way I think of it is almost like a kind of a renaissance happened with 
I would say there's like a bunch of people that kind of came together online during that time that mm -hmm. really started and I think you're one of the leaders of it this new subculture of I think your work speaks to a lot of different past subcultures, but mainly I would say like grunge and punk. I mm -hmm. think it really, it, it is grunge and it is punk. It reminds me a lot of Vivian Westwood's early work she was doing with the Sex Pistols. I think that that time allowed so many artists to have the time as young people to not work and still make money mm -hmm. <laughs> and launch these things and also connect with other people because we were all online all the time. And I think that that's how we met i mean i f i forget do when you remember the first time we met because i was thinking about it today on the way here do you remember it was at bella chow it was at my birthday party was that at, it was at bella chow right yeah no. yeah it was my birthday party last year I, my birth i had a birthday thrown for me and i was really drunk and i don't like i i remember nick introducing us and like me not realizing like what was happening yeah. And also Nick told me to mention him on the pod, so he can't really hey, complain. <laughs> um and I like I like I I remember like I can like have the memory in my head of like seeing you there and everything but like not really realizing what was going on and then the next day like Nick calling me and be like that was Tess, like that was like the real or real and I was like, "Oh my god, like why didn't you tell me?" And he was like, "I did tell you." And I was like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, it's my birthday and it's also like 2 a.m. at that point like I was yeah. just like no I remember meeting you and you're so nice but in that moment you were just kind of like oh yeah uh, you were just like definitely drunk I was just like yeah and you also were just like uh-huh hi and I was like oh okay like that's fine because I've met a lot of people from the internet before and it's always a hit or miss whether or not you're gonna vibe in person so I was like oh maybe she's just like a quieter person or like not that interested that's fine but then you ended up being like super nice and cool and we became <laughs> friends yeah. so i was like oh cool she does know who i am because i didn't want to come off as like just like a random fan what's that like having people know you online and then meeting you in real life because that must be like a pretty normal thing that now happens well most people don't know what i look like because i feel like i've kept it like purposely I think there was like some point after well okay I w I think that's something like really traumatic happened to me in 2021 that like I had already kind of had the building blocks of like I don't really want to post myself on the internet and then when that all happened that happened like pretty much like the beginning of 2021 and then kind of from there out there's not really much like I kind of just like completely stopped post, or at least like on Instagram, like I don't really like do that. And then, so people don't know what I look like. And it's kind of more like they have to use like a lot of context clues. And so that's like caused more funny things to happen. Like people being really mean to me while wearing my clothes and then like apologizing afterwards when they realize so they're wearing your clothes and they're being mean to you yeah because they don't like they don't know what i look like but also i think that's funny yeah i've had that happen to me too where i've been at a party and people have just straight up ignored me but i've been in like we've been dming mm -hmm. and i'm like if you knew who i was online you would be so happy yeah. but you 
you're not taking the time to get to know me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's funny. I think like, I don't know, but there, there, I will say that there is still like a fair bit of. I feel like if people really do like really really like me, they'll sometimes like go out of their way to kind of. There's definitely like ways. I'm not like so so hidden and like I'm doing this and my face is here, <laughs> you know. But it's just like I'm. It's not like as easily accessible as I think like most people are these days yeah I think that's to your advantage too because I think being an anonymous girl is also in line with your work because so much of it is about um being a girl being a girl but being any girl and mm -hmm. like when someone puts on your clothing I actually um So here I have some of Tibby's. Let me try for this. Here I have some of Tibby's work. These are Twilight pieces. Yeah, they are. Which I think are some of. I remember really identifying with them because <laughs> I love Twilight. But yeah. also, I think what's so interesting about you using Twilight is that Bella is supposed to be any girl. Like any mm -hmm. girl can make herself into being Bella. And when people put on your clothes, they can become part of this subculture they're able to enter into this world where they're both bella and they're a meme almost mm -hmm. of being a fan of twilight yeah which i think is really cool is that something you think about the mimetic nature of your clothing i think like with yeah i mean to some extent i think in the beginning like i really like that because i kind of like didn't really know and i didn't really care and like I feel like especially in the first like year or two, everything that I did was like um, kind of like about the things that I liked and it wasn't really like that stuff. Like I, a lot of the times, a lot of the stuff that I make, it would be like, oh, I'm like really obsessed with this for this month and like, or it'd be about like some musician that I'm like, you know, really in love with and I would make that stuff and like, I've always kind of been fascinated with like bootleg culture because I feel like as time has gone on, like most brands and companies, like they're just trying to push merch a lot and they are like really not really giving a shit about like what the merch actually looks like, which sucks because I think a lot of things have like good IP mm -hmm. and they could be really, really fucking sick, but it's often like pretty dull. Yeah. It's interesting how, I mean, your work kind of is like, it's all about IP, but it's also about no IP at yeah, all. I have no IP at all, no, yeah. <laughs> like, you, you have, I mean, what you have is what you figured out how to do, which is basically make clothing that looks mass manufactured at home. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing your stuff at first, and I was like, how the hell is she doing this? Because no one had figured out to how to do what you were doing. Mm -hmm. Like, you were really the first person to make this kind of stuff. And I think really sees these modes of production that are, like, the heat press, the cricket, all of these kinds of DIY. They're industrial machines that have been made commercial for, like, crafters. Yeah, they're, like, domestic. Like, a lot of, a lot of that stuff is, like, domestic. And I think 
there's like a definitely a whole statement to make about that about you know the factories coming into the home or something like that but yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's it's interesting because as much as there is people into your work there's also like a whole community of people online especially on reddit that i noticed that are just trying to figure out how to do what you do yeah it was like definitely divisive i think and still i like i feel like i've just like i've shied away from explaining the process i think like pretty much like a couple months into doing it which I like gripe with myself about that because it's like it's not coming from some like weird gatekeeping thing I think it's just like more of a general annoyance that when people see my stuff their first thought is like I can do something with this process and not really like about the clothes which is like maybe that's a statement amongst myself that like I need to make other clothes because like people shouldn't have that reaction or like whatever um and I definitely don't own it I definitely wasn't I think I'm the first person to set up this business model but I definitely wasn't the first person to do this yeah um or like print on clothes like this like there has been like people have been printing on clothes for like thousands of years or whatever <laughs> and um like yeah so there's there's that whole thing that's like I feel like that's always been like a, a like present within my work is that you can like look in my comment sections and it will be like so many guys that with t-shirt brands like begging me to explain exactly how I did this and like my dms are like flooded like every day with people like begging me to teach them how to do it and it's like I think it's like less about the process and like more about experimentation and that's like what I would encourage people to do is like experiment and like do much better things that I'm doing because <laughs> it could literally be so much better so have you ever thought about doing like a hustlers university but like a stomach of my dead soul university where you like people can like, pay to yeah, like have like videos for like patreon <laughs> and like a whole like yeah pay 500 dollars for this course no but sometimes when people are really really insistent so i feel like it depends on where they contact me at but like sometimes people will find like my personal personal email address or oh. um they'll like hit me up on tumblr and if they're really insistent i always throw out some like crazy number yeah that makes sense I and mean. i'm just like do it but even if they were like yeah i would be like no i actually don't because it's like every single time i do stuff like every different item is like done a different way even if it's using the same process um and sometimes i forget how i did stuff yeah and i have to like look back but also i've gotten like pretty good that i like i have like in my notes app like this is how I did this and that. But, like, sometimes, like, there's some stuff where I'm, like, I genuinely, like, can't recreate this. Also, a lot of stuff is, like, printed on vintage stuff. So, it's, like, mm, like, I can redo the design, but, like, this vibe is, like, to its own. And if you want it, like, buy it from the people that are, like, reselling it for, like, triple the amount I sold it for on Depop. Yeah, I noticed that, too, <laughs> when I was researching for this. I'm like, Tibby has straight up her own resale economy, and it's just crazy because you don't really see that with brands 
until they get to a level where it's like like Yeezy has a great resale economy mm-hmm. but your stuff like aftermarket still sells for sometimes double what you sold it originally for yeah. which is wild and I wanted to read this Andy Warhol quote because I feel like it so <laughs> pertains to your work but being good in business is the most fascinating kind of art making money is art and working is art and good business is the best art and I feel like what you were able to you're just such a smart business person do you have any I don't want to say tips, but I do want to say tips yeah. for like young girls, young girl bosses or whatever. <laughs> this is sounding so embarrassing. But. I mean, I, I was only able to do this. Well, I guess we didn't really touch on this when you asked me about the pandemic because it kind of slipped my mind. But the only way I was able to do any of this was because I took all of the pandemic monies, like all the, what are, what were those called? Stimmy checks. The stimulus checks. I took all the stimulus checks and I did not spend any of it on myself. I just bought a bunch of equipment and um, just like took a really big risk. So I would say investing in yourself would probably be my, or I don't know, and also putting yourself out there. Cause like, I think, especially in the city that I was in and like around the people that I was around, was really cringe to even post your face let alone like literally anything besides like a crack in the ground (laughs) um and so that was really hard but it did turn out really well because other people like saw it and they fucked with it and they reposted it and then you know the whole thing goes down you know but also I would encourage like everyone to like not I think art art can be a business but it, it's such a brutal one that i would highly suggest you just get, get a degree and um <laughs> go down a traditional route because it i don't know get into tech or something that's that's my advice honestly <laughs> you didn't go to school right no i never went to college Mm-mm. yeah i think that i think that a lot of people i think especially because of the pandemic a lot of young people have made different decisions we're kind of in like this time where we have the internet but not much else in terms of like educational resources for a lot of people and that's what I really like about what you've done is really like mobilize the internet like your work is a subculture because if you google stomach of your dead soulmate you're not going to find like anything on the google homepage. but then if you go to pinterest tumblr TikTok, Instagram, and you search your username, Mm -hmm. there's like a whole community of people that have bought your clothing and then post about it. And I find that so fascinating. And I wanted to pull up some designs that I feel like, I think this one especially, I've seen around a lot. Oh yeah, the boy. The boy. Who is the boy? Where did you find this boy? Well, I think... I got really into medical journals because I think that a little while into doing it, I did get afraid about, like, you know, the dreaded cease and desist. So I was kind of like, let me try to find some stuff that if everything goes out, like, at least I can still, like, put this out. And um, he was in a medical journal for, uh, I I don't remember what it was, but it was some sort of, like, electrode thing and um i picked him because 
if you show that photo again, the boy who's who's uh, wearing it, um, his older brother who is a good friend of mine and at that point in time when I was making it was a really big part of both of our lives. He looks identical to the boy in that photo. So you uh, actually kind of know this person? No, he's not him. Oh, but he just looks like the he guy. He just okay. looks just like him, and therefore I called it Goyle because um, Max, the the guy who looks like him, uh, that's his DJ name. And so, <laughs> um, so I thought it was really funny, and I feel like he's the closest thing I have to a logo is probably him. Yeah, I think he's so interesting because he's – it's so like brutal but relatable because this is kind of like how everyone feels when they've been on their phone 10 hours a day Mm -hmm. (laughs) your brain is literally like buzzing and you have all these like probes stuck to you Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of the like meme imagery that's come out of your clothing like that there's like a video I can like put it in here of a guy in an airplane wearing one of your beanies and he's wearing this one and I think it's very it's very evocative and powerful I'm gonna show journal ones no so the eternity one comes from like uh i'm pretty sure like a religious geocity website i'm i might be wrong about that and then the other one is just like a tracking uh like informational graphic i don't even know if it's necessarily a real one i feel i always thought it came from more like Remember, like, early 2000, like, spy movies Mm -hmm. when they would, like, show, like, uh, sequences that kind of look like that when they're just, like, oh, yeah, they have, like, a... Yeah. Like, a Dell computer that can just randomly scan through everything. That's kind of what that reminded me of. Um, Cool. But, yeah, I feel like back then I was really into the medical stuff and kind of, like, tech and everything, like, technological horror. Yeah, I think... I think horror is such a I think when I think of your work I think about like horror sex mm-hmm. memes yeah those three things and then that's why I want to talk about this one I think these ones are so iconic <laughs> because they literally turn you into a meme because it's text that you put on your body yeah but they're also like a lot of your work is really create connected to religion in a lot of ways mm-hmm. so what is your connection to spirituality like um yeah I think that's that's an interesting question to ask um (laughs) I was raised orthodox greek orthodox um I would still identify with that um I don't think that's really changed much I think that there obviously there was like definitely a point in like when I was you know hitting my teenage years where I really really rejected that um but following some stuff that happened to me like right after turning 18 I was like oh shit no actually like I am deeply religious to the point where I think it shocks my my father now um and regarding spirituality I think that's a more complicated answer for me I think that I am like probably deeply and too deep into astrology (laughs) and um (laughs) a lot of other things and um and I I think that yeah I think maybe the other things I I keep to myself just because I think that's that's probably how you should approach those things but I would say like on the surface level 
I'm very deep into astrology, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really respect that about you. I think that, I think that your work, you can see it in the work, because I think a lot of the times when people make art, there is a, ha I mean, art, I think all great art has a relationship to a higher power. And mm -hmm. I mean, God, you can call the higher power God, you can call it whatever you want. But I think in opi my opinion, most, especially pop artists, I think a lot of the time what's so good about their work is that they're able to bring that relationship that they have to God to their work in a way where the viewer can kind of feel that reverence in some way. And I think with your clothing, both the person wearing it and the clothing itself is a God in a way. Mm -hmm. Because, like, for example, with the Jennifer's body stuff, I feel like that she's, like, a demon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And a godlike figure. Mm -hmm. um, she can bring and destroy life. And I, I, I just think it's really interesting how I think in, like, such a... I would say right now, like, culturally as a whole there's kind of like a religious void how like your clothing for example can kind of fill that void for some people it almost becomes like clothing and fashion and identity has become a way people can show who they are the way they used to with religion mm -hmm. and I think that's really what fascinates me about your work in a lot of ways is that relationship viewers have to it and Going off of that, who are some of your artistic inspirations? Like, is there any artists you think about when you're making clothes? I mean, just because of, like, print. Prints being, like, a huge thing. Obviously, Gautier, like, always, like, if I'm, you know. And I don't, I used to wear him a lot. I don't, I, like, kind of, as of the past year, I, like, sold all my designer clothes and, like, kind of just wear all black now um which is so stereotypical <laughs> um and uh so I think in that terms like yeah I mean otherwise it's just like other people that are in my immediate like my immediate peers which I would say is like probably everyone at Lucky Jewel and then other than that um I try to watch movies like all the time and I try to go to museums like all the time because yeah. I think that there's like a lot of stuff you can take from fashion, but most good fashion comes from something that's not related to fashion at all. So totally agree. That's like where I think I come from. So one more um, <laughs> image. I feel like the eye ones are interesting too because of like the viewer relationship why gloves like what made you decide gloves because I feel like that's a pretty unconventional choice for an apparel line well I think I, that's I think that a lot of the stuff that I did end up choosing in the beginning are kind of like what I not that I stuck with because I've definitely branched out from other stuff but like that's what people want now mm -hmm. so I do still continue to offer it but it all stems from the fact that like back when I started like I me and my roommate would just go around town and try to find stuff that I could do stuff with and like 
it just so happened one day um there was like a bunch of like white hats and white gloves and like that's literally like what happened and um yeah it just kind of all sprung from there and I was able to continue to get that and I still can and you know and I think I think a lot of my stuff um always comes from the people that I'm around and looking at those two pieces I definitely I know exactly the two people or maybe it might have just been one person but like I would say looking back like maybe two or three people that I made because I was like oh I think they would that would impress them or something like that and I feel like that's where a lot of my work comes from um and even now still I would say like the other stuff that I do because I like I still do like sell that stuff and everything but I feel like my work has become a lot more um black and white yeah I feel like that's such a good point you made about trying to impress like when I I feel like most of the best stuff I've made I'm thinking about someone else Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I think it allows you to kind of step outside of yourself and also trust yourself in a way that you don't normally because I think as an artist what's so hard is you're in your head all the time and at least someone outside of it is like you're kind of thinking in a different way Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask this question then we're gonna get into more like fun random questions Mm -hmm. but okay I had to I have to ask about your 1d face Oh we have to God. talk about One Direction. Okay. All right, we can go there. Yeah, let's go there. Let's put this on my let's put this on my digital footprint. Let's do it. So I've been like trying to. Okay, yeah. I mean, I already did. I already did, but I like removed my. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Um, where where do you want to start? Do you want me to just start from what you you so take, you take the lead here? So One Direction. What does what does One Direction mean to you? <laughs> um just such a a large chunk of my preteen and early teen life I feel like that's probably I was honestly I was talking about this with my friend Sarah because she randomly turned to me one night when we were at a bar and she was like did you have a One Direction phase and I was like yeah Sarah and she was like where were you at because I feel like with One Direction fans it's all about what if you were like really hardcore it's like what app you were on were you a twitter one direction fan were you an instagram were you like on tumblr and like i was on tumblr and like that was such a formative experience for both getting to know fandoms and also the algorithm like it immediately like i got to know like how the algorithm works um pretty quickly without even like really realizing it like myself I was just like oh this gets me like a lot of like notes and that's all I cared about back then and like I mean I cared about other stuff like the band obviously and like talking to other people on there but like when it came to like I want to get notes on tumblr like I got to know the algorithm really well through that and then yeah I don't know I just like I think there was like this very natural void that exists with all like preteen girls um where you're looking for something safe 
usually a romantic interest and like what's better than like five boys that are like 3,000 miles away that you can just like pretend that they're your boyfriends and their company and record label like gave us all like massive amounts of content back then like and we consumed it all and yeah no it's really interesting because I was I was a Jonas Brothers fan but this was like pre-social media so I, I don't think I really got to fully I'm like a little bit older than you so I missed like when they were able to fully digitalize mm-hmm. the boy band's presence because I had some friends that were really into Justin Bieber and I was just like oh that's like ki- like by that time I was 15 so I was like whatever like this is kid stuff but I wanted to pull up because we're talking about One Direction I want to also talk about Drake. oh god <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah because um, I feel like there's kind of like me and Romy were talking about this. Yeah, there's like a pipeline between one D to Drangue. <laughs> no, I, there definitely, there definitely is. Um, and I mean, there's lyrics about it. Drangang is a new One Direction. I think. I think that's what Blade said. Um, I was really, really, really big. Dr- I mean, I don't want to say I was like. I still, obviously, I love them. I think they're great. I think they're amazing. Um. I think they're geniuses. I was also just talking about this yesterday with somebody because we're both like former reform drainers. Um, Yeah, I, it blew my mind. I, a couple years ago, like maybe five or six years ago, um, I was in LA for 420 um, and I went with these two girls and my friend Alessandra um on 420 all she played was Maddox and Blade and I was converted like almost instantly I see Ruby um, smiling <laughs> she, yeah. she's a drainer too yeah <laughs> we have the secret third drainer in the corner <laughs> um and yeah so when I made that that was I would I would say honestly there's two that I would say like really launched it all because I, I feel like I was already pre-launched through other clothes that I made that I basically have kind of removed all the images from the internet. But those were definitely, like, the f- ones that launched it. But the ones that really launched, like, the printed stuff is definitely the Blade shirt and the Nicki Minaj shirt. Yeah. Um, and funnily enough, I've met the girl now, like, through DMs who's in that. Um, really? photo yeah she contacted me um and she told me the whole story which is like kind of a sad story um about like that photo getting like taken from her dad's facebook account because uh i, I hope i'm getting the story right i'm sorry if i'm not but like from my memory uh they took it from her dad's facebook account and because her dad had like geo tracking and they were i think at that point in time there was like it was really hard to get photos of blade and um so they took it and this guy made the i hate women he put it on there and it became like a meme and he also like i think he really hates me um for selling it but is lost I mean, she doesn't so <laughs> i think that's funny i don't know yeah i think it's always the people that don't think of the idea and then someone else steps in and yeah and i mean i never made it from that intention yeah. but uh i literally just made it for like 
me and like one of my ex's roommates <laughs> like uh and then it kind of like that became the thing that everyone like was really really like i really want that um and that photo of me wearing it went viral so yeah i think it's interesting because it's like you're anonymous but there's parts of you that are viral like your back tattoo which yeah people have copied which is <laughs> really crazy yeah <laughs> that someone like which i mean it makes sense i saw one of my posts someone turned it into a tattoo once mm -hmm. like a hamtaro picture i was like okay that's cool but um i think it's interesting to be like very hidden but then have parts of you be super public what's yeah. that like to experience like well i think my like i th i'm obviously very heavily tattooed <laughs> um and like I'm always down for them like they want they want the healed pics like they just want the healed pics like they're booking now and they want healed pics and <laughs> so and obviously like the person who did my back is Jenny um who I love and she's I consider her a really close friend and um so and obviously I was giving her such a huge part of my body like it's like literally from like my butt to my back and um so it just like i don't know and also when you get like a really big piece like that you're gonna be like a little bit obnoxious like about it <laughs> especially at first i feel like i really don't show it off at all anymore um but at first it was just like that was the vibe and honestly for that particular photo i was literally at my ex-boyfriend's like on the back of his porch and his roommate asked to take a photo to post on her story and the screenshot of her story is what went viral. I didn't even, I hadn't so even posted wild. that shirt or anything yet. And I like remember going to bed and then waking up the next day with like 30 DMs and like people sending me like it screenshotted on Tumblr. And um, it's wild. It was just like a whole thing. But I think people were kind of starving for it and Blade had kind of just like switched into like, I would say what he's kind of more doing now and like you know it was like that vibe yeah i feel like your work is so it's so interesting because it takes on its own life outside of you so quickly it's almost mm -hmm. like you kind of do one thing and then it just like the internet just like grabs it <laughs> if you like post anything it's not yours like yeah. anything you post on the internet it immediately doesn't become yours and i think for a really long time it was after all of this like started happening i became like really guarded and jaded and kind of like stopped putting out new stuff because i was just like i kind of want to just like enjoy this for myself and i feel like i'm finally like coming out of that where i'm more willing to share some of the other stuff that i've been working on also because it's like hard i think back then when i the first like year or two like really colorful prints and like stuff like that kind of interested me more and like now that's like not what is interesting me so what are you working on right now that's like exciting for you i'm working on these hoodies that i'm really excited about and they just feature text and um but i'm just like i don't know it's just like figuring out how to arrange it I, it's also going to be like the first thing that i uh do that 
I don't manufacture. So that will be really interesting. I'm kind of moving away from doing it myself, I guess. It's um, a lot of work. You've made like thousands of pieces of clothing. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not only a designer, but you're the factory, the marketing team, the creative. Like that's logistics. Logistics, yeah. shipping and handling. Yeah. Like I've watched you in your studio before and like someone comes in to pull some pieces. You're like at the heat press banging shit out like yeah. like there's like five things happening mm -hmm. at once and that's what i think is so impressive and it's like can't really replicate there's no like roadmap to what you're doing it's a totally new thing that's only possible because of all of this technology that we have access to yeah and i really respect it i'm gonna ask you some youtube q a questions okay 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 <laughs> um the first question is, what's the last movie you cried to? My Sister's Keeper, which was a couple days ago, because one, that's like kind of my movie that I will cry to, like without a doubt. And because I feel like Cameron Diaz's performance in that movie is like so, I feel like I relate to how she acts in that movie. And this is crazy to say, because she's like playing the mother of a girl who has cancer. But, like, the way she's, like, really, like, uh, can be really controlling in that is sometimes I feel like I can get like that when I'm, like, in a dark place. So I cried to that movie, and I think that movie is really good. And also, I didn't know, uh, we were talking about this. Yeah. John Cassavetes, like, that's his son made that movie and made so crazy. The Notebook too, which is, like, really, and also a bunch of other, like, really crazy movies that you wouldn't. I don't know whatever watch it yeah how many shoes do you have not that many anymore but i used to have a lot i used to have a lot of shoes i'm wearing um a6 right now i'm wearing black a6 right now and i the only other ones that i i still kept my pradas because like yeah i'm still a drainer i guess and um what are the other ones that i have besides that I have, like, Jordans from high school. That's cool. What is your biggest fear? Um, probably dying in an airplane and my dad dying. Those are probably the two that keep me up at night. Yeah. I mean, understandable. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play Funkwork. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I was also just playing this the other day. All right. I have... This is kind of like influencer celebrity edition. Thank God it's not people we know. Because <laughs> that's what people. I was doing. That's what I was doing the no, other day. I wouldn't do that. It's too <laughs> early in the podcast. It's only my second episode. <laughs> Can't get anyone mad um, at me. So Addison Ray, Nessa Barrett, oh, Tana Mojo. Okay. okay, I'm gonna have to kill Nessa Barrett just because I feel like she's too young for me. <laughs> like it's like I wouldn't be comfortable with that. Um I'd have to marry Addison Rae because I, I can't see myself marrying Tana Mojo. <laughs> like, maybe I'm, that would be cool, but, like, also I feel like she would dog walk me. <laughs> like. I feel like Tana would, could destroy you. Yeah, she would totally <laughs> destroy me. You're like, too, you're too much of a water sign. <laughs> yeah, it would be terrible. Um, all right, next question. Harry Styles, Trisha Paytas, Iggy Azalea. Okay, but here's this is my relationship now with 
1D afterwards is like, I don't really, I don't know. Harry kind of freaks me out now. Um, but it's so hard. Okay, I think, I don't know. I just like, I wouldn't want to fuck Trisha just because of the fact that I feel like she would be so sad because she's so in love now. Yeah. But if, she, if it was just like, perfect world of her but even her pre that was like she was in such a dark place like i think i would have to kill her fuck iggy azalea i guess which honestly that might not be that bad like she's i feel bad for her she's in like a kind of a shitty situation right now and then i would yeah i would still marry harry even (laughs) though he freaks me out there would be no other option all right i'm gonna do like a little question little pump little b little peep I'm marrying Little Peep every single time. Um, I'd fuck Little B. Um, he's kind of a freak, but <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. And then, sorry, pump. It's okay. I don't think it's fine. <laughs> I don't know why I'm speaking on pumps. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally the pump. representative. <laughs> I do love Little Pump, but all right. And then because we've watched some boxing matches together, yeah, I had some influencer boxing matchups. I okay. was wondering your thoughts on i would love to be a curator who would win between ethan klein and shane dawson in a fight in a ethan boxing? ethan oh really oh yeah yeah i feel like shane dawson would like curl up and like start crying or He's something or yeah <laughs> i feel like no and i could see ethan like really being like okay like he's got kids and shit like he can't he can't get his ass beat by shane dawson like <laughs> it's like not wouldn't work all right tana mojo versus nikita dragon okay that's a hard one um (sighs) Hmm. i feel like that one would be a draw i feel like that one would end up like in the referees like having to like pull them off of each other like vibe um i don't know that's yeah. a hard one. That's that would be a really good matchup. Be fun to watch. Yeah, I think if I think if Tana had a good trainer, she could win. But I do feel like Nikita. I feel like Nikita can fight. I feel like Nikita already can fight. I don't know. I think Tana can fight in a certain way. But all right, whoa, Vicky versus Bad Baby. Oh, Bad Baby, she would win a yeah. heartbeat. Like, and also, whoa, Vicky's reformed now. So yeah, I know she's a good girl. Jeffree Star versus James Charles. Jeffrey, of course. <laughs> I don't. It doesn't even matter that Jeffrey is like skinny as fuck. Like, no, he would totally. He'd body him a hundred percent. Like Jeffrey can fight. Like those old videos of him just like on the strip in L.A. Like, no, he can definitely fight. Like, yeah, I wouldn't. I think I. Well, yeah, I think I could probably fight James Charles and win. Yeah, there's nothing about him that screams. Uh, self-defense i feel like a lot of your clothing some of your more popular ones have a lot to do with like not having sex and like yeah i would (laughs) say probably the most popular i was i was wondering if you were gonna bring up that one yeah little cards but i printed it out and i didn't bring it with me (laughs) but i wanted to talk about it because i feel like i don't quite understand fem cell culture because i think when I was growing up, it was like this hypersexual culture, mm-hmm. like almost to be popular or to have get attention in general, you had to have sex and be very public about it. It was like the MTV era. Yeah, like, definitely. 
shot of love, that kind of stuff. But now I feel like a lot of people I follow me that follow me and I think follow you are wear that clothing. And I think it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it seems like it runs deep. I, yeah. So I think it's interesting because when I made that, I feel like I had, it was funnily enough, the first time that I had kind of come out of that, like I came out of being, see, I like, and I, I have a gripe with the term femcel because back when I was really deep into that, I would always get mad when people would call me that. And I'd be like, no, I'm just an incel, but I don't want to claim that because like there's other connotations to that that I definitely do not apply to me. But just in like the vague sense of like not having sex, um, that's like kind of what I identified with. And back then, like this was like 2016 to like 2018, like all the people that were kind of doing that, like it was not as glamorous of a look as it is right now yeah at all like um and I even knew couples that were like doing that like um and I think it just came from like I don't know like I don't I don't really know where it came from tbh I think it was just like heartbreak control you know the classic the classic tragedies um and now to see how much it has like evolved and that's like the I think that's probably the piece that shocks me the most because that's the one that I did not think um that it was gonna do that like I didn't I don't know like I it was just a dress it was a dress with um the boy on the front Mm -hmm. it was a full front of the dress was just like uh tiles of him and on the back of it it was just i will never have sex printed over and over again and it comes from a screenshot a friend took of i don't even know what i'm I'm pretty sure she screenshotted an article because those words like matched up on the lines but actually did not ever interact with each other in a sentence and um i was like i can i take that and she was like yeah and (laughs) no just randomly but yeah it definitely echoes though in my work. I think a lot of my work still deals with like those themes of sex and emotion and stuff like that. And um, I mean, I'm happy to support the fem cells <laughs> of right now. You know. Yeah, I feel like I I'd rather call them. I don't love the term fem cell either. I feel like it's kind of like it's like less hardcore version of like incel, but mm-hmm. I think they're just as hardcore maybe in a different direction yeah and i think more the roots of that versus like um killing people yeah <laughs> i think a lot of them are just looking for i don't want to speak for them but i think it's kind of this i think intimacy especially after the pandemic imagine like growing up during your formative years when you would be experimenting not having that access and then going into the world and like like sex is now on the table that's fucking terrifying that's like what i can imagine imagine. i'm like i'd be fucking scary as hell like i don't know and i think the online community i think our worlds online are very much i try to make my platform at least like a safe place for people to just vibe out and like enjoy things and i think that it's i think with so much going on and so much of like i think 
both of our work is kind of aggressive. Like, mm-hmm. I think that, like, your work is, like, so related to horror in so many aspects, but there's also something comforting about it, mm-hmm. which I find interesting. Like, I think that, like, abrasiveness is now comfort to a lot of young people, and I wonder... I think people want honesty, and uh, sometimes abrasiveness and honesty can be really, uh, like, they can be sisters sometimes. Um but yeah, like I don't know. I think I also agree with like yeah. I don't really like the term femcel. Like I don't know. There's just something about it that just kind of rubs me wrong. I I don't like the differentiating. I don't feel like we always need to differentiate just because we're <laughs> fem. Yeah. No, I agree. Um. So we were talking the other week about you starting streaming. Is that still on the table? <laughs> oh my god. You know, I think I'm just, like, going through a phase right now. I'm, like, going through, like, a, you know, it's, like, a couple of months post-breakup. Like, I don't know. I w- now I want to become a streamer. I don't know. It's, like, that's what I want to do that week. And, like, now I'm watching Below the Deck. And I'm, like, I should quit fashion and become, like, a yachty. <laughs> you know? And Vlog it? They wouldn't let me vlog it, I think, on a yacht. Like, I, I see some girls on TikTok that are yachties. And they're, like... I had to get the permission of like the yacht owners and the captain and all these, you know, and like the head steward and like, so I don't even know if I could do that. But yeah, I think there's always like this aspect of escapism that kind of never leaves my mind. So got to deal with it. You know, I would like to start streaming though, but it's, I would only want to do that because I'm currently in love with a streamer and (laughs) I won't even say who, because it would be so embarrassing, but like, you know, in my head. You're telling me after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, let me look at time. I think we're like, okay, I feel like. How do you feel? I feel good. How do you feel? I feel good. I feel good too. <laughs> let's, let's, all right, let's wrap this up. All right. Any any final thoughts do you want to tell people? What do you want to tell the people? Do you have a last word or a last thing you want to put out into the universe? Um, trying to think. I mean, buy, buy some of my clothes. Yeah, buy Tibby's clothes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to link her website down below. Follow her. Buy her shit. Follow what she's doing. And this has been another episode of Narrative. I'll see you guys next one. Don't forget to subscribe. Stay real, stay gorgeous, stay blessed. Love you. Woo!